the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. readings for this, the third Sunday after Pentecost, the Old Testament lesson from the 11th chapter of Deuteronomy. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall write them on the doorposts on your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. See, 
I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and a curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. from the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And then what becomes of our boasting it is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, Alleluia. <coughs> the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, and thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you, Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Confess with me our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, 
I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today for consideration is from Matthew, the seventh chapter. Christ said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. This is our text, dear friends, and our Lord. Today we break ground 
for the church's new parsonage to be constructed on the corner of our lot right over here. One day soon the framing and the beams will be set in place, some designed to be load and weight bearing, others designed to assist in the task of helping shape the building in one way or another. And this framing and these beams will then be covered by sheetrock to form walls, and the walls will come together to form rooms and hallways. And these rooms and hallways will be topped off by a roof. And a house will be established. A house to serve as a home for pastors' families, this one included. Pastors' families of the Lutheran Church of Our Savior, God willing, for many years to come. But before any roof tile would be placed and before any sheetrock or stucco or plaster would be applied, before walls or rooms would be formed and beams would even begin to bear weight, before the construction of any of these things comes what is perhaps the most important, most significant of all indeed, the thing on which all of these other things depend, that's the foundation. Foundation first has to be laid. For any building, any building, the foundation, of course, is key. The rain and the wind, they'll blow and they'll do their thing to the roof tiles. Time will do its thing to this beam or that beam, and they need, may need replacing in time. A sturdy foundation, though. Above all, that's key to a home's lasting endurance. Any home, any house is only as good as its foundation. Upon a strong and a firm foundation, it's where to build your house. A contra any contractor, any home builder would tell you the same. Well, in today's text, Christ Jesus, the architect of faith and life, reminds us about foundations, about life's foundations. And there are really only two kinds, the kind that will last under the earth moving and, and the flood eroding and the wind and rain pounding events of life, and the kind that won't. Lives, like houses, are all constructed on some kind of foundation. They're built not on concrete, but on words, someone's words, teachings, worldviews, philosophies. But Christ, by his little illustration in the text here, he, even, he reminds us that not all foundations, teachings, philosophies, worldviews, not all are the same when it comes to standing and falling, when it comes to enduring or crumbling. And a house is only as good as its foundation. Remember what Christ said? He said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a, a wise man who has built his house on the rock. These words of mine. With those words of his, he shows us plainly where and upon what our homes and our lives need to be built if they're going to stand up and endure, stand up to and endure the rains that will fall and the floods that will come and the winds that will beat against us. Built upon his word, his word, as a word with an everlasting character. Heaven and earth may pass away. My words will never, says the Lord. It's a word that can't be chipped away or, or shattered, though the detractors with their picks and hammers will strike and will hammer it, pound it. It's a word that can't be shaken, though our world, uh, the world around us may be. It's a word that can't be broken, 
the relationships and promises may be. And so upon his word of enduring promise and providence, that's where we build, enduring providence. You heard him last week say, your heavenly father knows you need these things of the world. Don't worry, he'll provide them for you. It's upon his promise of immovable presence we build. Lo, I'm with you always and will never forsake you. It's upon his granite guarantee of otherworldly peace that we build. That's the rock-solid foundation upon which to build. We consider the Old Testament reading for the day, and we'd have to conclude that our Lord himself thought that upon his words, that's certainly a good place to build one's house. But they're foundational words upon which to build to our homes, our Christian homes as fathers and mothers, children, families. God thinks so. Remember what he said in that reading, the Old Testament reading? He said, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart, in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Driving our children to school, sitting around the table, barbecuing on a Sunday afternoon perhaps. He says, teach your children. Teach your children, he says, and with constant and contemplative or contemplative consideration, remind yourselves also. See, there's no particular stormy season in life like there might be here in California. Not in life. But from the womb to the tomb, we all need to be reminded. And to remind one another of God's rock-solid promises. Whether home security or personal security, the house wisely built on the rock-solid promises of God will outstand, it's his promise, will outstand those that aren't. But how often we're sand builders. How often, when you think about it, we're sand builders more interested perhaps in the furnishings than the foundation. We hear his words, but we don't do them. As he said, we don't do them. That's to say that we hear his promises, but we don't live in them. We don't rest securely upon them. Maybe it's because we frantically seek first after those things that moth and rust destroy. Those things that thieves can break in and steal away from us. Instead, maybe we're sand building. We're constructing life's house, life's future on things like our vigor and youth, our vitality. Things that a steady rain of subtle disappointments in life will erode away. Think about your health and its erosion, your hearing, your sight, your mobility. They simply wear down under the corrosive nature of our sin-ridden world. We're sand building, you see, when we build life's house on things that the sudden financial floods of life will wash out and wipe away. We're, We're sand building. When we count on lasting stability in things, even things like our family, things that the unstoppable winds of change will change. If life's foundation is built not upon the immovable, 
rock of Christ's promises, but rather in foolishly so, and those are his words, Christ's words, and foolishly so upon the shifting and movable sand that Christ has served public notice. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. If important in things worldly, how vital is a trusty and solid foundation in things eternal. When we consider our standing before God. The fact is, and you know it to be true, that the worldly storms in life are, are not the only ones that rage. Material winds and rains are not the only ones to be weathered. The soul, above all, the soul needs to know the foundation firm. Because the devil and the world and our sinful nature, they will beat upon us. And you know it. They'll beat upon us. And they'll accuse you of, their, of, of your wrongs. And the charges will be right and true. You know what you've done. You know what you've left undone. And they'll relentlessly remind you of those things, those sins. The ones that linger in your memory, the ones that are, are buried in the privacy of your heart, the ones that even though forgiven and you know it long ago, the ones that still plague you and bother you and surface to trouble your soul. They'll be relentless. Of course, the devil, world, and flesh, they'll do it not all in the same way. In various ways, though, sometimes with a flood of accusation that you'll feel. A surge that seems to come all at once with, and with such force. Other times, though, the devil will operate differently. Maybe perhaps by a steady and persistent rain. Rain of doubt tapping on the roof of life. And you might like to ignore it, but you just can't. It won't let you. Rain, flood, or gale, the devil world, our flesh, they will beat upon us steadily, hoping for a great fall. Question is, when they do, where do you turn? When they do, where do you turn upon? What do you stand? What's your foundation? Do you look to your own behavior? Your own piety? To settle your conscience, to convince you that you're on good, solid ground, good standing before God. If so, then watch out for falling houses. Because while one day might seem, might appear to you to be granite-like when it comes to living the faith, the next day it's sure to crumble into granules. Even St. Paul, even his life was one like yours and mine, a life of shifting sand. Remember what he said, the good that I will to do, the good that I know that I should do, that I don't do. But the evil that I will not do, that I know that I shouldn't do, it's that that I end up doing. Shifting sand. Is that your foundation? Or do you try to bricklay deeds and good things to, to better and build up a sinner standing before God? If so, then God's own word sends that house crumbling too. Saying a verse before our epistle reading began, saying, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. Friends, when the devil accuses, and when the wind of guilt and the rains and 
floods of accusation beat with moving force, upon what ground do you stand? It's no secret that Martin Luther was forced to consider that often in his life as accusations would flood to him, deluge of them. Legend has it that once he felt the deluge of accusation in a dream. He dreamt that the devil appeared at his bedside and woke him up and began to unroll a lengthy scroll. And upon it were written in heavy black ink all the wrongs, all of them, all the sins that Luther had ever done, a litany, a long litany of them. And the devil began to list each one, and he listed them one by one, each and every one of them, one after the next with obvious pleasure in each legitimate charge and accusation. But when he reached the end of the scroll, so it goes, Luther asked the accuser, is that all? Well, relishing the moment, the devil smiled and he said, oh no, that's not all, that's only the beginning. And he proceeded to furnish one lengthy scroll after the next, each with a heavy, dark, each heavy, with, with dark black, the dark black ink of indictment against him, all of them true. At last, the devil furnished the final scroll, and Luther asked then, Is this then all? Knowing the crushing magnitude of them, so the legend goes, the devil smiled. He smiled a sinister smile. And said with satisfaction, this is them all. And they are many. At this, so it said, Luther replied to his accuser. He said, no, it's not all. You forgot one thing. You forgot to write that the blood of Jesus Christ covers them all. This is your firm foundation. Christ's life. Not yours. That's your firm foundation for your soul. Christ's perfection in his life, not yours. Christ's death on the cross under the weight of all of your sins, his blood. At the cost of all of your sins, but not yours. Build on these words, friends. Build on these words of his that speak to you of his work for you. His words. That say all have sinned, you heard it today, and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that's in Jesus Christ and His propitiatory blood. These words that say in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. These words when it says, for it pleased the Father to reconcile all things to Himself by His Son, having made peace through the blood of His cross. John writes, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Paul writes, while you were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and we've now been justified by his blood. God made him who knew no sin to be your sin and my sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. These words, friends, his words, they're your foundation. Life's foundation, rock solid and firm. And when the wind of doubt and guilt howls and the rain persists, there's no firmer place, says your Lord, no firmer place for you to stand upon which to stand than to rest upon these words, these promises of mine.
and add nothing to them. It is finished, he said. Nothing needs be added to them. All else is a co-mixture and simply isn't up to par, isn't up to grade. Recently asked a, a contractor I happen to know rather well, I asked him what one would do who thought he needed to, to supplement the cement mixture that was to be laid down to be, to be poured out as the foundation of a place if, if he'd imagined that more was needed. And his answer was telling. He said sometimes some might, in the business, they might add gravel to it to make it go a bit further. But it doesn't make it any stronger because in the end all you're doing is adding sand. Adding sand. Life's foundation needs to be stronger than sand. We'll sing it at the close of our service today. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No merit of my own I claim, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs, we pray. Heavenly Father, since you have founded your church upon Christ and his word and sacraments, grant that every generation of your people may build on this rock in every place by hearing his word and receiving his sacraments, so that his presence with us and in us and for us may enable us to stand firm in the face of every foe. Lord, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, as you have brought us to faith in Christ Jesus, so work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit that his good works would be accomplished through our words and our deeds and our vocations and our avocations, thus bringing glory to you at all times and in every place. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O gracious Father, because all have sinned, you made your own perfect Son to become our sin for us and clothed us in his perfect righteousness. May we never outlive the thanks due for our salvation, so great and so free. And may we confess your name and your saving work throughout all the world, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Ever-present Father, since you have provided salvation for every sinner, we know that you are concerned for and care about all the nations of the world. We pray for our nation and its leaders that you would enable them to rule in accordance to your will as revealed in your word. Work that same will in all the nations of the world that through the governments you ordain for each time and place, civil order and peace be, be maintained, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For the millions who suffer and mourn the loss of life in Burma and China, that the compassion of the nations may not be abused or misused by those in authority, but that the basic necessities of life may reach them. For the thousands in the states of our country who have during the past weeks lost loved ones, homes, and entire communities to the ravages of tornadoes in the Midwest or fires in the West, that they may know the compassion and support of others as they rebuild their lives and communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O compassionate Father, as your Son not only brought righteousness for sinful souls, but also healing for sick bodies, we pray that you would attend to the needs of those among us who are sick and injured and all who have requested our prayers. To that end, grant healing or endurance and suffering to Paul Duell and Dick and Elsie Munch and Marjorie Fleming as they struggle with chronic illnesses, and Gletladella Maggiore, who is hospitalized due to cancer complications. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask also, O Lord, that you would kindly relieve the grief of your mourning sons and daughters. Remind them of your son's victory over death and assure them that because of him we can say with the psalmist of old, blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. To that end, comfort your daughter Ethel Hine at the death of her husband Fred. Be with her and her family in the days and the months to come and assure them of your presence with them that they may rejoice in Fred's presence with you. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O Holy Father, that we may be among those who hear your Son say, Come, ye blessed of my Father. Grant us his body and blood in this sacrament, and through it deliver unto us the forgiveness of all of our sins and all the fruits of his cross, which is our tree of life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal Father, as you guide us through the dangers of life in this fallen world, Preserve us from the evil one, and prepare us for the life to come, the fullness of life enjoyed by all of those who have gone before us. Strengthen our faith, 
Increase our love and hope, and grant a blessed end to our earthly lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear your prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary, and for our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. And therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and saying, Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior with repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood upon the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and to drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. And gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, and said, Take and eat, 
This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you, and in fervent love toward one another through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord may his face shine upon you and be gracious on you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.